Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, a cold day in December time. Gonna have some some hot news though time. I don't know if it's really hot news, but I was just going for a pun time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday afternoon here in Old North Knoxville, just about, oh, two miles or so from the University of Tennessee campus, talking a lot of Tennessee sports in this episode. Going to have mostly football in this one, not a lot of major hoop snooze to break down today, even though the Vols are in the back in the AP Top 10 this week after last week's wins over Colorado and Cincinnati. So good start for the Vols there. Need to get better offensively, but uh, I don't think there's too much to complain about there. Bit of a bit of a cold, chilly, overcast day here in Knoxville, as, as I guess it should be this time of year, right? It is December. You know, Christmas is in like less than two weeks, so I guess it it should be about what it is this time of year. Talking a lot of Tennessee football and Tennessee football recruiting in this episode, so the man to bring on is co-worker Ryan Callahan from across town, his uh, clown car full of children, home daycare center. Ryan, what's up, fella? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, trying to... F- figure out what, what I need to be doing here with early signing day, two days away. It's, uh, it's, it's that time. It's, uh, it's, it's busy, busy time for those of us who focus on recruiting and now cover football apparently at the same time, because mid December football is a thing now. So, so did you get your Christmas shopping done by now? That's what everybody wants to know. Uh, no, we're not completely done now. We're, we're in okay shape, but yeah, for where we'd probably need to be with all the shipping that you have to worry about this year with, you know, people not traveling as much and stuff, you gotta, gotta get more of that done early. So I feel like I'm behind because of that, but no, we're, we're getting there. We're pretty close. Yeah. My, my wife's birthday present, which was supposed to be delivered guaranteed by her birthday, December 3rd has still not arrived. So that's what we're dealing with. It's, it's, it sort of sounds like the dog ate my homework, but in this case, it's true. The uh, the dog, uh, the somewhere a dog in FedEx or USPS or, or somebody like that ate. I'm pretty sure just ate that present. So we're gonna have to hopefully get that by Christmas. So now, hey, Merry Christmas! Here's an extra Christmas present. Nonetheless, Ryan, here we are on a Monday afternoon. Spoke with uh, Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt and Rick Barnes today. Going to talk a little Tennessee football recruiting in the second segment. Going to get to some quick news and notes here in the first segment, though. Uh, Bryce Thompson, uh, Tennessee's junior defensive back, was named SEC Co-Defensive Player of the Week after his uh, one-handed pick six just sort of completely changed that Vanderbilt game on Saturday. The Tennessee sort of stormed from behind there and and won convincingly, which is interesting because Thompson only played on third downs because he's had a bit of a hamstring injury. He's also had an ankle deal this year. He's kind of been banged up all year, but uh, he looked okay on that play. He, uh, he he made some big plays there, and he was honored as such, being SEC Co-Defensive Player of the Week. Also, another Tennessee uh, senior has put himself into or announced that he will put himself in the NCAA transfer portal after the season. We've told you that Tennessee's going to get some guys probably in the transfer market and that Tennessee's going to have some of these guys go somewhere else for their final years because, hey, uh, the NCAA is going to allow you to do that. Now Brandon Johnson has entered the portal, a solid four-year contributor for the Vols, never a star, but uh, – did lead the team in receiving a couple years ago, so he'll have some some good options of places to play, I think. Uh, he's been joined in the portal now, Jordan Allen, Tennessee uh, edge rusher turned linebacker turned tight end. I think he's going to try to go play somewhere else his final season as a tight end or a wide receiver. And and you start looking, Ryan, at the list of guys that, you know, we knew because you were if you were senior this year, you could play an extra year. 
uh, the NCAA was giving everyone a free year of eligibility. So that meant naturally that there was going to be uh, some some guys with decisions to make after the season. And right now, uh, it looks like Tennessee's, uh, since this will be senior day, be a lot of guys going through it. Uh, Brandon Johnson will be gone. Uh, obviously, Allen's gone. Uh, looks like Brandon Kennedy will not come back for a seventh season. I guess he uh, being an AARP and getting college football stuff at the same time is probably not a good idea. Uh, I still think Jared Garantano will go. I think Trey Smith will probably go to the draft. I think there's a chance that some other players, including Riley Locklear, might go into the NCAA transfer portal. So it looks like there's. it's not going to be like all of these guys are coming back, Ryan. It looks like maybe at best half of them will, and, and maybe not even that many. Yeah, and I think that's – if you asked me a few months ago when all this when, – when this first came down that it was going to be a free year of eligibility for everybody, I, I probably would have guessed that it would have been half, maybe a little more than half. But, you know, between the guys who are still looking for playing time and want to take advantage of this extra year elsewhere who aren't already starters, you know, you mentioned a guy like Riley Locklear. That's a good example, I think, of the kinds of players who – Somebody good, might, enough, good enough to play somewhere. Exactly. Someone who might – you know, he's been playing a role for Tennessee when he's been healthy, but he's not been a starter. And so a guy like that with an extra year, he didn't get to red shirt uh, early in his career. So this, this extra year is a big deal for him. So getting a chance to play, does he want to stick around and try to battle for a job next year or knowing he's got one last chance? Do you enter the portal and see if you can find a place where you can be more likely or assured of starting? So uh, I think that that's kind of what you expect probably from a lot of seniors. Uh, so between guys either just deciding to move on to their professional careers, move on to the draft and take their chances with the NFL and moving on to other opportunities like that. I, I think it sort of takes care of itself that you're going to have seven, eight, ten guys that, that just move on naturally through those through those reasons. Uh, even if you don't have a big draft class uh, like this roster doesn't seem to have right now. But, uh, I, you know, it, it's still a big deal that Tennessee's potentially not going to have all these guys back. I think some Tennessee fans were hopeful that maybe – one of the things that this team could benefit from. And, and we'll see the, the defensive line still to me is the most important for them. Yeah. Too. There's a few places there. There's defensive line, but there's also a couple guys who I still think would help this team next season who have decisions to make like Valus Jones jr. Has a decision to make mm-hmm. Ty Chandler has a decision to make. And I still think Ty Chandler's a guy who can help this football team. Uh, Jameer Johnson is another one to me that I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to, uh, but, yep. but a guy who, you know, Tennessee keeps trying to recruit over him, and he keeps starting and being the better option there. And and so I think getting he's starting him back, over Wanye Morris right now. Yeah, let's face it. yeah, and and Wanye's been, you know, he's had, he's had a uh, Wanye's had a hellacious time with the quarantine this season. He's been, I think, maybe three times now. It's it's been ridiculous, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Jameer Johnson has been performing at a higher level, and so he's been the guy out there. And he's a guy who could play just about anywhere on the line except center. So that's a guy who I think Tennessee would love to have back. All those those four defensive linemen, you get those guys back. You know, Solomon, a Butler, Bumpus. You know, I think Bumpus will come back, but you know, there's a lot of those guys. Uh, uh, DeAndre Johnson, DeAndre Johnson, Daryl Middleton's another guy who said earlier in the year that he would plan to come back for another year, but we don't know yet for sure. And then another one is Brent Maglia is a guy who yep. I think will probably come back. I, I see no reason for him not to do that uh, and go put another good year of film on there. So, and plus, it's not like you have a window if you're a kicker. You know, you you if you're good enough and you're a kicker, you can do it. You know, until you're in your early 40s with some of these guys. So mm-hmm. that that's fine with him. No no issues there. Um, but it, it looks like it's not going to be maybe the number that we thought it would have guys who come back, but the most important ones, I think, uh, a lot of those are to be decided. Like Tennessee could really, really use Valus Jones Jr. for another year. Tennessee could really yep. use Jameer Johnson for another year, in my opinion. I, I still think Tennessee could use Ty Chandler and obviously Brent Simaglia. And, and maybe on top of all that, those defensive linemen. Uh, yeah, and, and to, to your point on, on Jameer Johnson, you know, we don't know yet exactly how Tennessee is going to replace Trey Smith. Uh, we assume he's going to be one of the seniors who will leave. I, I fully expect him to enter the draft. So um, with, with that And, and I, I guess left, Cade Mays, too, we need to mention that. I mean, I think he, yeah. there, there's no reason necessarily for him to leave right now, but he's talented enough where he could. Yeah, he, and he's a junior, but that's, yeah, it's more of a typical departure. But, yeah, you, you could see him at least consider it. I, I think – Right now, I think he's probably more likely to be back, but we'll we'll see. And, and maybe um, maybe play along, start alongside his brother all year. <laughs> yeah, he might have that chance for sure. Um, but yeah, you don't know how Tennessee's going to replace Trey Smith, so maybe Jameer Johnson ends up being part of that solution. Maybe someone slides inside to guard. Um, you, I, I could even see a scenario. I, I'm just throwing this out there. I don't have any idea whether Tennessee will do this, but 
you know, you could slide Darnell Wright to guard or Wanye Morris to guard and play Jameer Johnson at tackle. You know, that's just a thought. But to get your best five on the field, that might end up being one of Tennessee's best combinations. You know, I think I think Jerome Carvin will be a factor. So they they've got plenty of options. I, I, but... I think I think Darnell Wright really needs to consider a move to guard because at tackle, yeah. he's just he's you know, I, I I I'm not gonna. I'm not going to single out anyone because that's a three and six football team and they've got a lot of issues, but Darnell Wright's a guy who needs to play better and maybe going to guard could help him do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, it's a thought. Now, will he want to do that? You know, I'm not sure tackles considered the more lucrative position for the NFL. So a lot of guys don't want to, but um, you know, it, it's at least something they could consider to get their best five on the field. So I think Johnson, you're right. Could factor into next year's plans to me, Deandre Johnson, the one who got really important with the loss of Kevon Bennett. If you lost both of those guys this year, with Tennessee currently having only one edge rusher in this 2021 recruiting class that we'll talk about later uh, with Dylan Brooks, uh, a guy who's raw but really talented. Uh, you, you don't have a lot of guys ready to step in there. You know, again, they might have to address that with a transfer anyway, but to me, you really need DeAndre Johnson back to kind of minimize the, the blow of also losing Kevon Bennett unexpectedly this season. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're still getting back a decent number of those guys, but, that, you know, with with, um, with Brandon Johnson leaving, that that, that is another veteran that you – that you would have to to worry about replacing next year. And it's not unexpected to have a guy like that leave. That's not, you know, your number one option in the passing game, uh, especially with Bayless Jones Jr. emerging, you're, you're in better shape there, but still a loss, a, a significant uh, loss from the, from the roster, a guy who's played a lot of football. And I guess just quickly looking at Texas A&M, I know that that's a – we'll talk more about them, you know, later in the week, that matchup, assuming it still happens. Uh, but Texas A&M is, is clearly a, a tough matchup for Tennessee. This this is one of the – you know, this team is uh, ranked fifth nationally. This team is uh, putting up pretty good numbers offensively and defensively. And, it you know, it looks like all that – those that, that truckload, that Brinks truck they backed up uh, to Tallahassee to get Jimbo Fisher is finally paying off, and it looks like they're they're kind of taking the next step as a program. So I think that's something that uh, is is uh, is of note going into this week is that Tennessee got a lot of momentum off of that Vanderbilt game, Ryan. But you know this is this is back to a whole other kettle of fish. This is a this is a really really good football team. Yeah, this is this is going to be a challenge for Tennessee, and we knew that all along. We knew this was a game that Tennessee was going to be expected to lose. You know, about a two touchdown underdog, and that's. That's fair. Um, I, at the same time, I I look at this, though, as a, as a game Tennessee could have a chance to hang around in. I think Texas A&M is a very good team, obviously. They're yeah, but they, they, don't, they don't have my trust as a team that I know is going to bring it every week yet. Yeah, that's 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 what I was going to say. They're, they're an inconsistent team, and they don't have uh, such a track record that's so dominant on offense or defense that you feel certain that either Tennessee is going to have trouble scoring or that they're going to have trouble keeping up because, like, you know, a team like Florida – who again, Tennessee held to 31 points, even, even against Florida, but they, they don't have such an offense that's so consistently productive that you say, well, they just can't keep up with a team like that. So catch Texas A&M on the right day. And I think you can make this a game. And especially with Tennessee's quarterback play against sure, not a great Florida secondary and obviously not a good Vanderbilt team that was shorthanded, but still the last two games, you've gotten six touchdowns and one interception from your quarterbacks. That's a heck of a lot better than what they were getting from the quarterback position the first seven games of the season. So uh, continue that, keep scoring more than 21 points like you did Saturday, and you never know. you got a chance to, to maybe hang around and make that one interesting. But, sure, Tennessee is the underdog. It's going to be a tough test. And uh, Texas A&M obviously has everything in the world to play for now because they have a very realistic path to the college football playoffs, they take care of business in this game. Yeah, and that that Florida loss certainly didn't didn't help Florida's chances over the weekend. Oh yeah. So I mean that that you know and, and, and God knows what's going on with Ohio State. There's a lot of things going on there. Plus, if, if you're looking for something else uh, for Tennessee as a positive, uh, I would think that uh, Eric Gray only getting I think 13 touches or so last week um, might be good going into this game because you're going to need him a lot in this game, and uh, they did not have to overwork him uh, last game. And I think that's something that. Um, uh, that might be something to watch this week, Ryan, is that he didn't really get beat up a lot the past couple of weeks. And I think he's a guy who, you know, they might need him for 25, 30 touches in this game. Yeah. I, I don't know what the, you know, the offensive game plan will be in this game, but you're right. That's a, that, that's not a bad thing to save some wear and tear on your, on your best running back when, when you have the chance, you know, on top of that, Hey, Ty Chandler's had some good moments the past two weeks uh, from yeah. that really late touchdown run against Florida, where he continued to fight and, uh, fought through a, a tackle there to to get into the end zone, and then having some nice plays against Vanderbilt uh, Saturday. I, I think he's had a a better stretch run here so far. So maybe maybe you get both of those guys going. 
uh, that's certainly a, a path to keeping this game interesting. You know, Tennessee's been able to run the ball pretty well for most of the year. So keep that up and, uh, and get Eric Gray a lot of touches. And that, that's certainly one way I could envision Tennessee uh, staying in this game and, and giving Texas A&M a scare. You know what we got before we go to break, Ryan? You know what I got reminded of last week? I think hopefully a lot of people got reminded of last week is that still, if you can get Ty Chandler and uh, Valus Jones Jr. into open space, they can mm-hmm. do big things. It's just getting them into open space. Uh, if they can get into open space, I think they can run by a lot of people, even good teams. It's just been against good teams. They've not really been able to generate that space. You know, Tennessee's not been able to get them to the ball, get them the ball on time, or blocking hasn't been what it needed to be, or somebody slipped somewhere. Um, but you saw again in that game, and I know that other other teams have faster players than than Vanderbilt. There's no question about that. But um, it's not like those guys are out there, 300 pounders trying to tackle them. Those are good athletes at Vandy too. And we saw again that if you can get Chandler and Valus Jones into a pocket and get them going, they can be hard to catch. Yeah, and, and I don't know if it's just you know being and Jeremy Pruitt discussed this after Saturday's game. I don't know if it's just being part of an offense and a system for for almost a full season and finally getting up to speed after not having a normal off season, or if it's a result of uh, you know Tennessee just making more of a concerted effort to get in the ball or different quarterbacks actually looking his way, whatever it is, he, Bayless Jones Jr. has gotten into the offense and is, is, is hitting his stride here at the end of the season. And it's certainly, I think giving him a lot to think about in regard to whether he wants to come back next year, a guy whose NFL draft stock, frankly, probably wasn't where he wanted it to be anyway. So I think he's got a lot of reasons to think about coming back, especially with the numbers he's putting up now that he's uh, you know playing with a different quarterback uh, or different quarterbacks, uh, there, there's a lot to like about what he's doing. And yeah, wh- whatever the reason, it's uh, it's starting to click, and you're seeing definitely that skill set. That you know, again, this isn't just a guy that you know found his way to USC by chance and wasn't a very highly thought of prospect. This is a guy Tennessee's former staff recruited out of high school before he went to USC. Uh, was was pretty well regarded out of, out of Mobile, Alabama, and or, or the Mobile area. And then uh, in Tennessee, you know, again, was connected to him a couple times uh, each of the past two years as he thought about leaving USC and then finally did. So uh, this is a good player. You knew that talent was there and we're finally starting to see it. And that's uh, that's a really good thing for Tennessee's passing game, I think. And uh, speaking of some more good athletes who who should be coming to Tennessee soon, we're going to talk about that here in the next segment, early signing day. Uh, early, I guess I call it early signing day. It's the early signing period opens up uh, on Wednesday, and there's lots of things going on there with Tennessee. Lots of guys who are going to sign, maybe some guys who might not sign, maybe some guys who might be added to the class, maybe some guys who will leave the class. Tons of interesting things there. There's, it's been a fascinating recruiting year. Lots of of motion, lots of uh, lots of uncertainty, lots of unknown. So uh, let's try to parse that out a little bit. Let's try to make some sense of that uh, here in the second segment. Before we do that, though, let's go pay some bills. Hashtag ad. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here late on a Monday afternoon. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his clown car full of children home daycare center on the other side 
of town. Talking Tennessee football primarily in this episode. Going to talk a lot of Tennessee football recruiting uh, here in the second segment with, with early signing period opening up in just about two days, I guess two days from now. Exactly two days from now. Let's uh, let's try to get your facts straight, Wes. Well, oh, well it's about 36, 36 hours or so, really, from – at yeah. this point, it's uh, it'd be here before you know it, Wednesday morning, which is more than 24 hours and less than 48 hours, hence a couple of days from now. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to be specific about it, Ryan. But yeah, let's uh, let, let's talk about that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, just going to throw out a couple quick reminders, uh, guys. Please go in there, take a minute out of your day, and hit the subscribe button on this podcast. Please rate and review this podcast. Uh, whether you're, whether you're looking on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher. Anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find the GoVols 24-7 podcast. But one thing you can do that will help us more than anything is if you go in there and just rate and review and hit the subscribe button. Uh, That helps us grow the numbers. That helps the algorithms that run everything these days. Uh, and I can see how many people are listening to this every week, and it's awesome. I'm telling you, it's we can't release the information, obviously, but it's it's been super fun to watch this thing grow uh, for the past, you know, what couple years, really, just kind of on an upward trajectory the entire time. It's been one way for a lot of people to keep getting Tennessee news in a frustrating 2020 year, and uh, we're going to keep doing it for free, and we're happy to do it for free. It's a labor of love. But if you could go in there and do that, that would help us out. Also, if we do some uh, merch giveaways later, uh, I've had some ideas of things we can do for some merch that'll be fun. Uh, got got a couple of uh, suggestions on there for shows already, for topics that I think were really good and uh, things that we can look into doing uh, here in a couple, a few weeks, maybe when the off season kind of gets started in earnest. Uh, lots of fun things uh, that, that we get from there, and uh, it really helps us out. So please go in there, rate us, review us, and uh, that would help a good bit. Also, please, guys, right now, if you are last-minute holiday shopping for the Tennessee fan in your life, and you don't know what to get them. You're worried about shipping. Will it get there on time? You know, because I, I ordered my another one of my wife's Christmas presents today, and I had to order it and pay for the expedited shipping just in case, just to make sure it got here on time after the birthday fiasco. And if you're in that kind of position, I have a great idea. Gift someone a couple of gifts in one. Give them a year subscription to GoVols 24-7, which you can get right now for 60% off, Ryan, 60% off. That's an insane deal, especially with early signing period going on this week, early in basketball season, football winding down, probably going to have a postseason, I imagine, too, in football, probably going to have some some coaching movement in the offseason, uh, lots and lots of things going on, basketball running to maybe a potentially really deep NCAA tournament run, uh, Tennessee baseball doing a lot of big things right now, a big year for Lady Vols hoops. And if you want exclusive access to lots and lots of things that pertain to all of this, and recruiting year-round, go to GoVols247.com right now, click on it, and give us a shot. It's a it's one of the best deals we've ever thrown out. You just really need to take advantage of this because you've only got a small a small window to do this. And if you do it now, um, that that's going to be really, really good for your pocketbook. And once you pay us full price, which is still less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, once you pay us that – you can get access in perpetuity to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform. And if you wonder what's on there, I'll tell you all about that at the end of this episode. Um, but basically, just know that's $100 that we're putting in your pocket every single year. So that is that is big, and there's lots of good stuff going on there, and you really should go check it out. I wouldn't be pushing it if I didn't believe in it. Please go check in to that. Ryan, early signing period opens here in just a couple of days. Um, 36 hours, as you so rudely interrupted just a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> and um, this is a really, really interesting year. We knew this was going to be a weird year for recruiting, right? We knew this was going to be a weird year because of the lack of uh, scouting in person, because of some high schools having to play a limited schedule, if at all. Um, you know, access to weight rooms and things also, in some cases, sort of limited. Just just a lot of, a lot of things in flux, a lot of questions. And I think this is coming to bear here as early signing periods getting ready to open up because Tennessee's recruiting class right now might look might look different here in a couple of days and definitely will look different in a couple of weeks. And I think you might see some guys added to the list, some guys leaving the list. You might see some guys who remain committed but don't sign. This is going to be a weird week, isn't it? I, I think so a little bit. And, and, you know, it's hard to quantify how much of that is because of the uncertainty that you mentioned and, and evaluations having taken place longer and, and just Tennessee sort of navigating the challenges of uh, deciding how many spots it wants to leave open leading, leading up to national sign day in February and, and leading into 
what is already in full swing transfer portal season. Um, if you go look at our transfer portal page, which we have up all the time on 24 seven sports, we have a really good database of that where you can sort of peruse the, the options that are already out there. And my goodness, it's a lengthy list. Uh, so uh, knowing what still might be added to the portal uh, with all that being out there, Tennessee is sort of trying to decide, you know, what's, what's better in some cases, maybe this guy that we could add this guy that we have in our class or what still might be out there in the transfer portal or after early signing day in the, in the 2021 class. So a, a lot of things to figure out there in a tough year where, you know, you can't go on the road. So you're not able to go into high schools and, and meet with these players in person. And that maybe keeps you from getting as good of a feel for, for players as, as usual. Um, you know, coaches, I think kind of feel like the, the, the evaluation opportunities are limited sometimes these days anyway when you don't get a chance to host a player on several visits during the recruiting process, you know, you're, you're sort of required to bring in players who fit your culture, fit your program. And sometimes it's, it's hard to get a feel for that even in a normal year. So this year you definitely have a hard time getting a feel for that because you don't have those in-person meetings. You can FaceTime all you want, but sometimes that doesn't give you a full grasp of a person's, you know, character and, and what they're all about. So it's a, everything's been a challenge from, from that to just film evaluation uh, and, and in-person playing you know on field playing evaluation it's all more up in the air so is it that and how much of it is also just Tennessee not having a great year on the field and Tennessee sort of dealing with the challenges of not having as many big name players out there who are looking like they might end up signing with Tennessee down the stretch and and, and negative you know let's be honest negative recruiting about people who will say whether whether it's right or wrong or will will say that Pruitt's going to be fired I mean there you know you you know there are coaches out there recruiters out there telling some of these kids how your head coach is about to get fired. I mean, you know, they're doing that. And, and whether that's true or not, you know, Pruitt said on Monday that he and Fulmer haven't really talked about it, but that they're going to talk about it. He imagines after the season, Fulmer has not really guaranteed that Pruitt's going to be back, but he's basically said, listen, guys, be patient with him. And this team's better than you think it is. And he's saying all the other things, except for the thing about, you know, Hey, Pruitt's going to be back. He, he's done everything but say that. Uh, but and I think the the win over Vanderbilt might have sealed the the faith that Pruitt will be back. Now, if A and M wins like seventy to seven, then okay, let's have a yeah. discussion. But you know, bottom line is, uh, I think Pruitt will be back next season. I think most people think that. We'll see. But you know, there's coaches out there telling kids otherwise. Yeah, and that's 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 one of the challenges. I think that's probably the biggest challenge that comes with a season like this. Uh, you know, there. There are players across the country who will tell you all the time, and, and, and fans might be amazed by this, but um, that that they're not that they're not usually that worried. If you're committed to a school, especially, you'd be amazed how many kids can endure a losing season and not really be shaken by that. Often, yeah, relate, most of the time, relationships with coaches, availability for playing time. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. I mean, every, and every player deep down, and you have to have sort of an ego or, or confidence in your own ability at, the, at that level. Um, every player believes they can be part of the solution deep down. So um, even if you see a three and seven Tennessee team, you see, Hey, I can come in and play early at my position or that this team I'm used to winning in high school, whatever it is, this team's not going to be bad. When I get there, we're going to fix this. So um, players can sort of, sort of shrug that off. What they can't shrug off is, is this coach that's been recruiting me for the past year or two years in some cases, is he going to be there? So you're right. That's definitely one of the things you have to navigate. And one of the challenges of having a season like this, uh, especially in a year where everything has been so thrown off by the dead period and by the, the football season being delayed uh, and all of that. So s- some really unusual things that to have to juggle. Hopefully, you know, no one has to do this, uh, this the exact same way next year. Hopefully this is a one-time occurrence. The well, we, did, we, did, we did get good news. Uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, God bless him, said, uh, earlier today, I believe that he thinks people who don't have pre-existing conditions could could get a va- could start their vaccines as late as late March. So yeah. or as early as late March. So that that would be great news. That that would be very good news, especially in regard to the hopes that that class of twenty twenty two prospects have of the current dead period, which has already been extended to April fifteen, maybe ending this spring because there's still some question of you know is it actually even going to end in April? So we we don't know yet, but. Uh, but yeah, we want everybody wants uh, to see recruiting get back to to normal and not have this uh, this calendar that's been so thrown off this year. But in the meantime, it, it it presents some challenges, and one of the biggest ones is just dealing with all of this while also preparing for the final game of the season for Tennessee this week. It's been uh, it's been weird for for Jeremy Pruitt and his staff, and it'll continue to be weird for the next forty eight hours while they continue to deal with 
you know, this is the time of year where they normally are, their, their phones are lighting up constantly anyway. And, and now you're having to deal with that while you're in meetings and while you're on the practice field and, you know, it, it's just an unusual time. And so this will be a challenge for everybody. And in the meantime, Tennessee's got some things to still figure out about how this class is going to look on Wednesday. Yeah, I thought about that on Monday when when Pruitt did his weekly Monday Zoom with us. And instead of taking off his face mask, he just kind of he just kind of drugged dragged it down there below his chin to talk. I was like, maybe he's just trying to shave nanoseconds off this thing. Maybe that's how busy they are right now. And I was joking <laughs> about it, but but maybe they are. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, Ryan. Here's here's something that a lot of people are going to want to know, Ryan. And we're not going to know. Let me let me let me phrase that differently. There's a really good chance we're not going to know this week where five-star linebacker Terrence Lewis from South Florida, where he's going to sign. He had been committed to Tennessee for months. He opened his commitment recently, and then he announces on Monday that he's got a finalist, or two finalists, Tennessee and Maryland. And this recruitment's been all over the place. For a kid who was committed for a long time, it never really felt – a thousand percent secure and, and now he people imagine when he decommits he's not going to come back to Tennessee maybe he will now we don't know I think correct me if I'm wrong here I think he's going to sign somewhere this week but we won't know for a couple more weeks what he's actually done is that true and how how would you handicap this thing right now it, it seems like it's kind of all over the place yeah I I mean I think Tennessee uh first of all had wasn't they were an underdog in this frankly just 24 to 48 hours ago before Gus Malzahn was fired at Auburn yep. um, because Auburn was the team that had all the momentum. Uh, the crystal ball picks had been rolling in for, for Auburn, you know, essentially since he decommitted from Tennessee, he had visited Auburn just before his decommitment from Tennessee. So there, there was a lot uh, of smoke around Auburn and with good reason. And now that Gus Malzahn is gone, now that he doesn't know that situation and who's going to be there and who's not, uh, and he's planning to sign this week. I, I think that that's essentially, at least for now, thrown Auburn out of the picture because he uh, had said he was going to announce a final three uh, on Monday and ended up being a final two, as you said, of Tennessee and Maryland. Uh, that tells me the final three was probably going to be Auburn, Tennessee, and Maryland. He just took out Auburn, left left the, the other two there, and said, let's just make it a coin flip. So uh, I, I don't know that he has made a final decision yet. Um, his quote that he included with his graphic certainly suggested that he might already have a pretty good idea of what he's doing but but you could read and you could read but you, too much but, you into can't, those but, things. But, but don't interview him because he doesn't want to do interviews that's right <laughs> so uh uh but he's uh I, I i do think this it shapes up well for tennessee i think that it's a that it's a head-to-head battle with maryland that's not a school that to my knowledge he has visited in the past uh he's only been to tennessee once for what it's worth and that was a year and a half ago or so not long after he got an offer from tennessee last year uh, this is a guy who's been committed twice now. He was committed to Florida early in the process. He was obviously committed to Tennessee for seven months before backing off that commitment two weeks ago. Um, so he he's he's had some changes of heart, you could say. Uh, so well, I mean, uh, and, and he's got forty two offers listed in the database. I mean, there's yeah. you know there's there he's he's had some issues, and let's let's be clear about that. He, he's a kid. Uh, and should be treated as a kid, but he's, he's had some issues and you know, I, this thing could go anywhere. I mean, this kid could sign somewhere we have no idea about right, right, Ryan. I mean, th- I don't want to say something like that really, but, but we, we have no idea sometimes what the hell this kid's going to do. And that's just, he's just one of those kids. He, he, he is that type of kid, but I, I will say this, and this works in Tennessee's favor in this case. Um, I think part of the, part of the problem there, because he mentioned to Andrew Ivins, a 24 seven sports just uh, on Friday that, you know, he was really in contact with about, you know, most, he mostly named five teams. It was Auburn, Tennessee, Maryland, Florida, and Miami. And obviously Florida and Miami not being one of his finalists would suggest to me, those two teams have not really gone all in on him since he decommitted. Uh, And that kind of fits with what we thought, you know, Florida really wasn't a player over the past several months. And Miami has been, has had this sort of on again, off again, are they going to go after him or not sort of relationship with him? And it still looks like to this point, they may not have gone after this strikes to me. This kid looks to me. And again, Ryan, I I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm, Again, I'm not an expert. I'm just I'm, I'm throwing it out here as someone who who, gen, who without knowing a lot of these kids until they pick a college, I, you know, I just generally have care for like their welfare and their well being. I think this kid could do well to get as far away from South Florida as he could. That's just the impression I get. Uh, that's some kids need a fresh start, and he he might be one of those. You know, he's been at three different schools in the past year, 
uh, in South Florida. And, and, you know, again, he's, he's been committed to Tennessee uh, or was committed to Tennessee previously for seven months, has a really good relationship with Brian Niedermeyer. If you, if you, uh, you know, go to a school like that, that's, uh, that's not in your home state uh, with a, with a, an assistant coach you trust that can, that can work out well sometimes. So that, you know, that may be what he, what he needs and, uh, and just a chance to, you know, get a fresh start somewhere, but and, whatever and the case, just, just, just do everything. Henry Toto does just follow him, go everywhere, yeah. go everywhere. He does act the way he does. And uh, you'll get straightened out because no one's ever said a bad word about that kid. And, and, and let's fit. He's a talented kid and a, and a good player having a, having a solid senior season at, at Miami central high school and, 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 and a good program there now. And I, I think this this would be a obviously a heck of a pickup for Tennessee if they can get him. But to your point earlier, we won't necessarily know this week where he's going. He's going to keep this under wraps, as we've seen with a lot of guys who play in All Star games uh, with this early signing period. Now, the last few years, uh, you know, Darnell Washington did this last year when he was choosing between te- Georgia and Tennessee. He went ahead and signed in the early signing period, kept it quiet, announced it as All Star game. This year, there are no All Star games, but there is still going to be in connection with the All American Bowl in San Antonio which, you know, that game's been canceled, but they're still going to have a TV special on January 2nd uh, with, a, with a, a subtitle of Declaration Day or, some, or something along those lines, where a few guys will still be announcing their decisions, and Lewis is one of them. So he's going to try to keep things under wraps until January 2nd, announce the decision then, and he is an early enrollee. So wherever he's going, he'll be enrolling not long after that announcement on January 2nd. So, you know, word, word can leak out in some of those cases. You know, we'll, we'll see if that happens this week. If Lewis sticks to that plan, signs quietly, you know, will word get out at some point? I think we'll probably have a decent idea before January 2nd where he's going. But right now, just on the surface, I, I would give Tennessee maybe a slight edge in this one, just the relationship, the fact that he's been there before, the fact that he was committed for so long before. And, you know, I think, I think obviously, I think when he decommitted, Auburn was the team to beat. And then once he backed off and, he wanted to get out there and see what else what else surfaced too to see if some other schools yeah. would enter the picture and i think the fact that maybe more schools didn't and that tennessee was with him the whole time that that may help tennessee's cause too so there's a lot of things that would lead you to think tennessee's probably the favorite but as you said not a done deal and and this kid could certainly surprise some people ryan with other guys i know we've talked about lewis a lot what other names do we need to to watch this week in terms of potential movement uh you know whether they uh, will go to stay, stick with Tennessee, could go elsewhere, could could maybe not sign but stay committed. Uh, how many do you think – how many player announcements do you think Tennessee will have on Wednesday? How many guys do you think roughly will be signing with Tennessee on Wednesday? And, and what's the latest on some of the big names there? Yeah, so I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of potential names in play, but what we're seeing – and uh, first of all, Tennessee was involved with a few guys who were considering Auburn. Uh, yep. where their, their recruitments have been thrown for a loop a little bit by the Gus Malzahn news on Sunday. So uh, Terrence Lewis being one of them, obviously, but also Byron Young, a junior college edge rusher. I don't, I don't know that his has been uh, as chaotic necessarily as a result, but he's a guy that already has been planning to maybe not announce a decision this week. He is planning to be an early enrollee, but credit to him, he has already uh, either you know talked with someone on his coaching staff or done the research to know that the early junior college signing period is different from everyone else's early signing period. And the junior college signing period actually extends through January 15. So he knows that he can sign essentially anytime before he arrives on campus, wherever he goes next month and he's fine. So he's planning to announce, it sounds like right now on December 23rd, which I believe is his mother's birthday. And uh, so he's going to wait another week uh, basically, but that will give him time to maybe sort out the Auburn situation and, uh, and still consider Tennessee, Florida State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, some of the other teams he's looking at. Tennessee definitely involved there. Uh, Trevin Wallace, another Auburn target that looks like now he's talking about maybe waiting to sign, which would suggest February, but he has not totally specified. But it does sound like February is maybe where he's leaning towards signing. So that that's one that might get pushed back. And then there's some other guys that, you know, Tennessee has offered some guys recently who, who sound like they're maybe leaning towards signing in February. Um, what, one of those uh, Dante Balfour, uh, a cornerback from Florida. He's still, he's still planning to sign as of right now on Wednesday and he's gotten some more offers, but it sounds like there have been some, uh, there, there's been some talk of him maybe pushing back to February with all the, uh, all, all the additional offers he's gotten. And again, another guy who was considering Auburn quite heavily. And then on top of that, um, Simeon price, uh, another guy who's still uncertain that if he's, if he's out there after early signing signing day, I think Tennessee would be a, 
a contender for him. If he signs this week, I don't know that he's likely to pick Tennessee, but he's from Pensacola, Florida, an athlete who could play probably safety or, or wide receiver for Tennessee, it looks like. And Mississippi State is the team that's kind of gotten some momentum there. Looks like he could sign as early as this week, and, and we'll see if Mississippi State convinces him to do that. If he doesn't, he'll probably be in play for Tennessee. And then there's some other guys, uh, Sydney, Sydney Fugar, uh, an offensive lineman from Connecticut, uh, a guy that Tennessee offered last month that, that still could, could choose to sign early, hasn't indicated that he will. So there's some names like that that we're watching. Uh, an, another one that we, we weren't sure about until uh, maybe the end of last week, uh, Jawan Gaston, a safety from Alabama they just offered uh, last week. He's planning to wait until February. So that's an example of some of the things uh, that we're kind of keeping an eye on. Will some of those change at all? Will there be some guys who decide to sign early who previously said they won't? Uh, more uncertainty than ever, again, with it being a dead period. I think it's possible some guys could move things up or move things back as we get closer to Wednesday. Uh, another former Tennessee commitment that's announcing Wednesday, his final decision to Marius McGee, the top 100 cornerback from Pensacola, Florida. Again, LSU has been the team to beat there since he decommitted from the Vols. I still would say LSU probably the favorite there and, and LSU's upset of Florida on Saturday probably didn't do anything to hurt the Tigers chances. So correct that, that, that one, uh, that one probably not leaning Tennessee's way right now, but the Vols have continued to battle there and, and can't, can't completely strike his name off the board until, uh, until he announces. So we'll, we'll see where that one goes, but he announces Wednesday and, and plans to sign on Wednesday. So still, still a bunch of names to watch, but as you can tell from going down the list here, uh, and, and, a, and a couple flip targets also. Travali Price uh, and his half-brother Jaden Tate, who are both committed to NC State. Travali Price has been a big-time edge rusher target for Tennessee for the past several months. They were pretty much the runner-up to NC State the first time around back in June. Um, and and they've, they've offered his half-brother recently, who's, who's more of a kind of a jumbo athlete. He would play probably fullback would be my guess, but they told him defensive line. You know, he, he could be in, in play at a few different positions, but – uh, a guy they were recruiting as a preferred walk-on, and they offered him a scholarship last month. So they clearly have made Price a, a priority and are willing to sign both of those guys, and we'll, we'll see if they can flip them from NC State. But NC State's had a nice year, 8-3 and three record. Might be tough to convince those guys to, to leave the state. And then Davis Mallinger, a wide receiver from Florida that they offered uh, in late October, he's been committed to West Virginia since early October. He's been quiet down the stretch, so we don't know a whole lot about what he's thinking but I have not been told that Tennessee is out of it for him. So that's one to keep an eye on as well. Another early enrollee, uh, one of a few receivers they offered down the stretch, but the one that they seem to have the most traction with uh, since offering him in late October. So that, that's another one to keep an eye on. So again, lots of names in play, not many that you would look at and say Tennessee's the favorite for, but things could change. And we're but, not but, sure how but they none fit into that, the None that would be absolute stunners maybe if they – if yeah, they uh, se several several names that you would say Tennessee is legitimately in play for. You know, again, a guy like, and, and he won't announce this week, but a guy like Byron Young. You know, if Tennessee really continues to push for him, uh, you know, it, it might come down to them in Florida State, uh, depending on how things shake out with Auburn. Or you know, he's originally from South Carolina. Maybe South Carolina or Ole Miss emerges as as the third contender if Auburn doesn't uh, doesn't get something done quickly and and doesn't pick up right where it left off with the previous staff. So. You know, you, you've got some guys like that that Tennessee legitimately has a shot at, but but how do things shake out over the next couple of days, or in his case, over the next week? So uh, yeah, there, there, there's some possibilities out there, but it's just a weird year because there's not, aside from Terrence Lewis, not that big name out there for everyone to sort of focus on a, a whole lot. And usually you have, you know, last year was a pretty big finish for Tennessee. They had five or six additions on on early signing day, and it, it was a nice day. And you kind of knew going into the day that it was likely to be a nice day for Tennessee. This year, 48 hours out, we're not really as sure what to expect, and, and that includes but, 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 some Tennessee but, but, commitments. But it looks like Caden Salter, everything's still good there. That's the thing everyone's yes. going to be worried about. I was going to say the, the, the important thing is most of Tennessee's most important commitments look like they are, are likely to stick. You know, you've lost a few here lately with Hudson Wolf, uh, Demarius McGee, Terrence Lewis. They still might get Lewis back, obviously. Still got maybe an outside shot at getting McGee back. Um, Wolf, obviously, is committed to, to Ole Miss. But the rest of the class appears to be mostly intact, aside from some guys that still, as you said, may postpone their signings, still could, could end up dropping off from the class at, at some point. There still could be you know, a couple more of those. But you know, guys like Dylan Brooks, edge rusher from Alabama, he's, he's not shown any, any signs of being shaky lately. And, and again, the Gus Malzahn departure, any chance Auburn had of flipping him probably has been greatly damaged by, by that change, at least for now. So if he, if he decides to sign early and he's yet to confirm that publicly, but I think that's his plan as of right now, 
Um, but if he signs early, that's obviously going to make it pretty hard for anyone to steal him away. So I think Tennessee's in good shape there. And Caden Salter, as you said, the, the, the star of this class at this point, I would say, uh, the quarterback that everyone's kind of hanging their hat on to come in and really compete for the job next year as a true freshman. Uh, he, he, is, he is solid with Tennessee, set to sign Wednesday afternoon and uh, in a ceremony at his school and, uh, and planning to, you know, we'll, we'll see when he signs or when he submits his papers that day, but that's when his ceremony will be. And, and I'm sure uh, there won't be any real drama leading up to that one. So there, for the most part, I think Tennessee's going to keep just about everybody it wants to they, now that they've lost the three that they didn't want to lose. And again, I think they'll get one of those back, but the rest of these guys seem to be pretty solid. It's just a matter of do all these guys choose to sign this week or do that, we need postpone that's the thing, to Yeah, because we've already discussed this, so we don't need to go into detail about it. But the, if Jeremy Pruitt comes back to Tennessee next season, this will be a huge season for him. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. And this team has some needs that in the transfer market, if it's a bigger transfer market than usual, and it will be, there will be lots of interesting choices out there for Tennessee to make. And that's why I think this class will end up being smaller is because I think they're going to have to go that route to get a couple guys. I might be wrong about that. That just seems to me like common sense. When you no, look, I think at, that's... When, when you take a step back and look at everything Pruitt's going to be facing next season, assuming he's back, that that to me is is something that clearly I think people need to look out for. Yeah, I, I think that's right. There, there are twenty three commitments right now. Uh, my guess is you will definitely not see all twenty three of those signed this week. I already, I already know of some current commitments who are not planning. Uh, to sign this uh, this week. At, at this point, I think Rock Taylor is one of those, the wide receiver athlete from from Oxford, Alabama. Um, you know, there, there have been some others who've at least indicated they're not sure yet when they're going to sign. So, um, you know, Jordan Mosley, the four-star receiver from Alabama, he tweeted uh, a couple weeks ago talking about, you know, February 3rd is is coming up soon or not, not far away, something to that effect. So, you know, I, I think there's some guys who are at least eyeing February signing day. So, so we'll see what those guys announce and when they, when they do or how that's all handled down the stretch. But I, I do think there will be some guys who hold off on signing at least. And so it, it becomes a question of is it more like 20 who sign? Is it fewer than 20? Is it a little more than 20? But I, I think Tennessee wants to leave itself plenty of wiggle room so that whoever's out there after December, uh, after the December signing period, they can still go after some guys. And again, whoever's out there in the transfer portal, they can be players for those guys still want to give yourselves options without without tossing aside any players that, that you really like in this class. And it's a, it's a tough call this year, I think, on a few a few of those fronts. So they've got some uh, some decisions to make maybe still or, or we'll just have to maybe wait and see some decisions that may have already been made and just haven't been communicated publicly. Anything else, Ryan? I know we're, we're a little bit pressed for time here now. Any, anything else going on? Anything else that, that you haven't mentioned? Anything else that uh, before I hit this button and play this music that people need to know? Uh, yeah, no, you know, that's it. We'll have full coverage for you Wednesday starting, uh, you know, the day starts officially at 7 a.m. local time for everyone. That's when uh, letters of intent can be submitted. So starting at 7 Eastern, uh, you after, can see after a basketball game Tuesday night, it always works out that way. Yeah. Always. Got to love it. So that, that, so Wednesday we'll have it covered for you starting uh, bright and early Wednesday morning. And, and obviously leading up to that and, and after breaking down everything, but should be, a should be, a, again, it's a weird year and Tennessee's not, you know, got, a lot of national buzz in recruiting, but it still should be a pretty eventful week. I think we'll, we'll have some at least surprising developments probably on a couple fronts. And, you know, again, we'll have to wait until January 2nd for, to, for the big fish that's out there in Terrence Lewis, but a real chance of Tennessee making at least one more big splash addition to its class if things go their way. I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Anytime. Thanks, Wes. And thank you all out there for listening. We always appreciate that. I mean that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan's Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else on Twitter, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7, or you can also go to Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash govals 24-7. That page is updated throughout the day. All kinds of good stuff on there. But if you want the best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water, just right from the tap. Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get your coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vol Sports, where, where Marie Cornelius does a great job covering all things Lady Vols for us. Got a couple of digital water coolers, a couple of forums that are open 24-7. We've got there at, uh, we've got, uh, as Gus now makes his appearance at the end of the podcast, as always, he always likes to do that. You can go to the checkerboard, to the summit, where one of us usually will be up 24 hours 
a day. At some point, one of us will be there. We'll get that answer to you quickly. And uh, if you're looking for in this digital world, in this weird next few months where you're still kind of in quarantine, isolation, all these other things, you still want to talk shop. You still want to talk balls. You still want to talk life. You can go do that in a couple forums there on Go Balls 24-7. We are there all the time, and that's what we're there for. Do not be afraid to ask us to do our jobs. And you can get all of that for the low, 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 low price of less than one mediocre lunch per month. And if you do it right now, in the next couple of days, if you hurry, you can go get it for 60% off of an annual subscription. 60% off of an annual subscription. One of the best deals that we ever do. We, we don't do it every year. We don't do it very often. But uh, this is a good time for it, guys, with everything going on, tons of stuff there. And if you do that, and if you already pay us full price, then you get access to CBS All Access for free, which is CBS's streaming platform, which is every show CBS has ever done commercial-free. New movies every single month. Some holiday favorites on there, some classics on there that I've kind of relived and watched the past couple couple weeks. Been some really good stuff on there. Uh, and also, also live sports, Tennessee sports, uh, SEC sports. Uh, so you get Vols basketball, Vols hoops, uh, obviously Vols um, football, uh, March Madness, NCAA tournament. All that stuff, lots of uh, lots of other college sports. You've also got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, some World Series of Poker stuff, NFL stuff, obviously for you NFL freaks out there, lovers of the Shield. All that is on there. Plus stuff from the from the catalogs of Comedy Central and MTV, BET, Nickelodeon, and Smithsonian. All of that. It's a one hundred plus dollar annual value for nothing. For nothing. Can't beat that deal. You really can't beat that deal. If there's nothing else, then you should hear from us, I would imagine, by Wednesday at the latest. Could be Tuesday uh, after the basketball game, but um, at the latest by Wednesday. So until then, wash your freaking hands, put on your freaking masks, take care of each other, be nice to each other. Let's get through this. We're almost to the finish line. We can do this. Be good. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.